So it's just one of those things where had I not waited, where would I be right now? Well, I'd have a lot more money in my back pocket. (laughs) Welcome to the Multifamily Real Estate Experiment Podcast, where we ask the question, do you own enough of America? This podcast was created for active and passive real estate investors who's wanting to own more multifamily properties. Each week, we will be discussing strategy for successful acquisition, how to implement risk mitigation control, all while maintaining flexibility when investing in multifamily properties. As a researcher, we use a scientific method to systematically test assumptions and then analyze the data collected to both increase our understanding of the problem and to identify possible solutions. Wait a minute, Doc. That sounds just like a Marine Corps planning process. <laughs> Wait, what, what do you mean? What is that? Well, it's a primary means of ensuring that we are successful in combat or even a training event. We go through problem framing, then we course of action development, course of action wargaming, and then we compare our courses of action and decisions, and we issue the orders, and we transition to the battlefield. Man, that does sound similar. Well, our goal each week is to apply approaches such as these to own a multi-family real estate by dissecting questions that increase your understanding of this asset class through an analysis of observations from both us and our guests. We are your two hosts, Hutch the Marine Investor and Dr. Heat Jones. Welcome. Now let's get into the deal lab. All right. Morning, Maureen. How are you doing? What's up, Doc? I'm doing great. Beautiful day down here in Pensacola. Oh, man. Uh, it's same here. Let's just dive into it. So the question of the day for our podcast is, how do you build a team? When you first start investing in multifamily properties, the one thing everybody says is, you have to build a team. You need to start building your team. Whether it's boots on the ground in your market, if you're out of state or even a couple hours away, but there's also the component of building your team within your business. And so today we'll be dissecting who needs to be on your team in both instances, how do you pick the people that go on your team, and how do you build an effective relationship with your team. So really excited to get into this today. It's going to be really good because this is a crucial step in when investing in multifamily properties. So, And that's right, Doc. Our listeners are in for a treat today. You know, <laughs> so who better, who better to talk about building a team than an active duty Marine Corps officer? I could be a little bit biased, right? Because I'm a Marine myself, but really. <laughs> just just who, a little, who right? <laughs> yeah. Who better to talk about um, building a team than a Marine Corps officer who, who has a proven track record of building and leading teams in training, training operations and combat operation. So we're joined today by Brian Briscoe, who is an active duty Marine. And when he's not Marining, he serves as the the director of operation for Four Oaks Capital. Four Oaks Capital is a national real estate investment investment firm that focuses on acquisition, repositioning, and rebranding of apartment complexes. If you need to get in touch with Brian Briscoe, you can click the link in the show notes or sign up on fouroakscapital.com. Without further ado, Brian Briscoe, how you doing, my brother? Hey, I'm doing well. Hey, thanks a lot. I've got to admit, when when Hutch said good morning, Marine, I about uh, thought, hey, how how you doing, Hutch? What's going on? You know, <laughs> I've, I've been called Marine once or twice before in my life too. But, uh, <laughs> I was able to bite my tongue on that one. Yeah. So, Brian, before we dive into the deal lab, why don't you tell us about your favorite real estate quote and a little bit more about yourself? 
So a favorite real estate quote is, you know, attributed to Will Rogers. He says, uh, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait, you know? And I mean, <laughs> that's great. I think that's been true for decades. You know, he, he probably said, you know, 50s, 60s, he was a television movie star back when my parents were, were, uh, were young, but you know, it's, it's been true of real estate for, for many, many years. Uh, real estate tends to appreciate slightly faster than inflation in general, but it, it, it appreciates. And the other thing about it is you can buy real estate with leverage, you know, so you, you can go in and 80% um, of the purchase price will be given to you by a bank or 90% of the purchase price will be given to you by a bank. So when you have 10 or 15% of a purchase price in, in an asset that's appreciating, you know, your, 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 your returns are compounded. So it's just very indicative of how real estate works as, as an asset class. So that's it. That's why that's, that's my favorite quote. And that's why. I, I, I like it too, because it, it stresses the importance of just taking action. That's, yeah. that's the biggest step to getting started with anything. And one of the things that people get hung up a lot when starting real estate as well. So that's a great, that's a great quote. I like it. Yeah. And right now, a lot of people are, are worried about the, the, the recession that's coming up. You know, whoa. I mean, <laughs> is there going to be a recession? I don't know. People say, well, we've never had a, a cycle more than 10 years. You know, I heard something yesterday. Australia is on their 28th straight year of growth. You know, who wow, says man. we can't have 20 years of growth in the United States? You know, who says we can't? Who says we're going to have a recession? Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. But uh, I mean, we're, we hedge against the recession. We try to get long-term debt so that we can, you know, last, you know, five, eight, 10 years and be able to refinance or exit the property in, in plenty of time. But if there's not, we're still going to buy. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, man. So a little bit more about yourself, Brian. And anything you're working on currently? So as you guys mentioned in the intro with Four Oaks Capital, and we'll, we'll talk a lot about that today. Four Oaks Capital is a real estate investment company. We, we specialize in syndicating apartment complexes. So essentially, we look for apartment buildings that we can purchase, reposition, and basically make profitable. And at the same time, we're looking to help other people invest in, in these assets. So just regular people who have a little bit of money to invest and have always wanted to invest in real estate, you can come to us and we'll, we'll help them invest into some of our deals. As far as me, I, I grew up in, in Salt Lake City, just north of Salt Lake City. Lived there until I was about 24. Went to University of Utah, took a little break from school to serve a mission for my church, and then basically enlisted in the, in the Marine Corps. It was one of those things. I, I, I enlisted as a reservist. I wanted to keep going to school. I was going to, to grad school, had a master's degree when I showed up to boot camp, which I might be one out of a million that did that. But uh, yeah. And I wanted to be a college professor at first, but I, I graduated boot camp, private first class Briscoe on August 4th of 2001. And I check into my reserve unit as soon as I get out. And long, long story short, checking into my reserve unit, I mean, Hutch will, will understand this. You got to go around different sections with a, a check-in sheet. You've got to get somebody in that section to sign off on the check-in sheet. There, there's, there could be something they have you do, but it's, it's part of the process of, of joining a new unit. I get to the first sergeant who's one of the last signatures on the check-in sheet. And he's like, you got a master's degree and you're a PFC? He's like, why aren't you an officer? You know, and I'm like because I just wanted to be a Marine. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm fine. I'm fine where I'm at. He's like, okay, I'm not signing your check-in sheet until you talk to the officer recruiter. So I went and talked to the officer recruiter and he, he basically asked me a question. He's like, well, what, what do you want more? Do you want to get your PhD in math, which was the program that I was in, or do you want to be a Marine officer? I told him, 
being a Marine is not enough for me. I want to get my PhD. Four days after that conversation was September 11th. And that was, that was something that completely changed my mind and my, my, my mindset on kind of what was important. So anyway, that's, that's how I went active duty. I went back to that same guy and I said, Hey, I know I told you PhD thing was kind of important, but I can do that later. Right. Um, so went to uh, OCS and turns out that uh, later for that PhD is never going to come. You know, that, that boat sailed and uh, it's been 18 and a half years or so and you know, I'm still active duty. So that's, that's a little bit about me as far as you know, how I got into my, my current career, which you know, I'm, I'm in the twilight of, of a 20-year Marine Corps tour yeah. or career. And then and real estate was something that I was always kind of interested in. Read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, once sitting in Okinawa and I, I promised myself as soon as I get to the United States. And the reason I like the quote so much is because I was always waiting. But okay, I'm in Okinawa right now, halfway across the world from the US. I'm going to wait until I get back to the States to buy something. It was 2003. Had I bought something in 2003 and I don't know, sold it in 2006 or seven, I would have made a ton of money. Get back to the United States in 2006. And fortunately, this was the time that I did wait to buy real estate because the, the market crashed shortly after. But I bought a couple of, of houses after the market crashed and then a bank wouldn't give me a loan again. I had two two owner-occupant loans, two, uh, a VA loan and an FHA loan on, on two rental properties, and both recourse loans, both dependent on my personal income, but tried to buy a third house and the banks looked at me and said, nope, we're not going to give you another loan. You don't make enough money. So I waited again. Several years later, I decided I needed to get back into it and I realized that single family wasn't going to scale fast enough for me. I'd owned two single family houses for about 10 years and they were barely cash flowing. I had a lot of equity built up into them, but they were barely cash flowing. And I, I started looking at, okay, I'm getting $200 a month from this one and $100 a month from this one. How many of these do I need to be able to be independent and, and self-sufficient or uh, financially free, I guess is the word. And the answer was too many. So I started looking <laughs> into multifamily right. and I told myself again, you know what? I'm in Southern California. It's really expensive here. I know, I know the Marine Corps is going to move me in, in about a year, year and a half. So I'm just going to wait. And, and once again, you know, had I, had I taken action then, cap rates have compressed quite a bit. It, it's one of those mm-hmm. things where anybody who bought uh, a, a multifamily in 2016, 2017, they could turn it, do absolutely nothing to it, turn it around and just put it back on the market two years later and make a killer return. We're, we're seeing... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're the the stuff that we're we're analyzing, you know, day in day out. We, you know, we got something sent to us yesterday. Hey, this guy bought it nine months ago. You know, sales price is a million more than he paid for it, and it's priced competitively right now. So it's just one of those things where, had I not waited, where would I be right now? Well, I'd have a right. lot more money in my back pocket. But you know, yeah, so- I feel that's a common theme. Like everybody's like, "What would you tell your younger self? Buy real estate sooner." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean there and there's there there are some important things. I mean, you, you've got to look at markets and where you are in a market cycle. And that, that's one thing that I've learned. But there's always somewhere that is in a good market cycle. There's always somewhere that, that's in a growth curve. You know, even when there were even during the Great Recession, there were still areas that that weren't really touched by it. The first house I bought, I think I may have slightly fudged the, the truth on that. The first house I bought was before the recession. It, we literally closed on it right before the market crashed, but it was in Salt Lake City and Salt Lake City didn't have the big crash that San Diego or Miami did. It just didn't, you know, it took a couple of years to, to start growing is, is basically what happened. But 
I, I think every every market cycle has a real estate strategy that would be profitable. You know, it's just well, you got to figure it out. After, after so, well, so say once you got in, you get into multifamily and, and you find your select market. So for Hutch and myself, I'm in Alabama, so we wanted to sort of stay in the southeast. So we we, we picked the market that we wanted to, and then after that, it's now this task of building your team, right? So mm-hmm. how did you set that up? How did you meet your your teammates at Four Oaks? How did you come up with the name? You know, <laughs> do all of you live in the same area? Is it a cross country thing? Uh, how, how did all that come to be? So at first I was working, I, like most people, I was working individually and I knew that you know, eventually I'd have to build a team. You know, I knew eventually I'd have to bring partners in because I, I wouldn't be able to all by myself do everything that's that's involved. So what I did first is I, I looked at, I, I live in, in just outside of DC and I started looking at areas along the East Coast to invest in. You know, and I, I, I picked a lot of different cities up and down the East Coast, probably 20 different cities. And I looked at, you know, economics, I looked at demographics, you know, what's what's happening to these places. And where would be the best places to invest? And I found overwhelmingly that the southeast cities were, were doing better than the northeast cities. A lot of there's a lot of data that's been pushed out that says money and people are moving from the northeast to the southeast. So with, with that trend, I, I, I picked you know five or six cities in the southeast that I wanted to start looking in. My wife is from Columbia, South Carolina, so a couple of South Carolina cities were on there. A couple of North Carolina cities were on there, and a couple of Florida cities were on there. So, you know, I started looking for for properties in these cities, and in, in the, the whole while, I, I signed up with uh, the Michael Blanc Group, and he's got a forum called Dealmaker Mastermind. And you know, I, I believe both of you guys are are in there. Um, That's correct. Yeah, that's it's, why. It's wonderful. I, I mean, like, if I could, if I could plug that for for Michael, I'd be more than happy to. That that is an incredible resource uh, that's available. Yeah. I plug it all the time for him. I mean, mm-hmm. I've plugged it on stage a couple of times. You know, I plug it to his group as often as I can. But it's it's on an app called Slack, and it's it's basically a community of like minded people. So you know, I went into that app and. I realized really quickly that a lot of people had some very basic questions. Started looking at those questions and I'm like, hmm, I'm not an expert, but I know the answer to that. And at first I was very reluctant to to share. Then I'd log in, you know, so I'd log off of Slack, I'd log in, you know, a couple hours later and I'd see there's still that question still sitting there with nobody answering it. I'm like, I know the answer to that. And so I just, you know, you know, type in with my thumbs the answer to the question. And I started participating. Frequently, you know, every time I saw a question that I could answer, I would answer it. And, and quite frankly, you know, I, I was on in Michael's online course. So so went through all of his his materials and a lot of the answers I was pulling. It was just like, oh, I watched that video yesterday. So so long story short, Eric Shirley, one of my partners, posted information about a deal that he was underwriting in, in that channel. You know, and Michael has a, a syndicated deal analyzer, which is a tricked out Excel spreadsheet that can that basically helps you underwrite a deal. Anyway, Eric posted the the SDA on Slack and said, hey, can somebody look this over for me? I opened it up. I looked at it. And I realized within about 10 seconds that that was the same deal that I was analyzing <laughs> in Columbia, South Carolina. Now, Eric and I had chatted a couple of times. We, we had even picked up the phone and called each other after meeting in, in the Slack before. So... I, I kind of knew who he was. He kind of knew who I was. So when I saw that, I texted him. I'm like, hey, Eric, um, I saw the deal you posted in Slack. I'm working on the same deal. 
And he called me and after, after about a 10 minute call, we decided that we would try to partner on that deal. That was basically the big, the beginning of, of Four Oaks Capital in, in my mind. Now, he had already partnered with Brian Mallon. You know, the two of them had been friends for a long time. But so the three of us uh, decided to partner to try to take this deal down. Put an offer in. The offer didn't get accepted. A couple of weeks later, we put another offer in on a different apartment complex. It didn't get accepted. And you know, after three or four offers together, we, we finally connected on something. It was uh, a deal in, in Spartanburg that we, we closed on several months ago. You know, once we closed on that Spartanburg deal, we started sitting down thinking, okay, what do we need to be able to close on this deal? And we realized we needed to bring in other people into the deal. A, a lender, we were chasing a Fannie Mae loan and lenders are going to require two things that you have experience, somebody who's experienced on your, your general partnership and a net worth greater than or equal to the loan amount. So we went back to Slack and that's where we, we found some people. So initially we brought in Josh Cooper. Um, you guys probably know him as well. You know, he's uh, very active in that channel. And we brought in a guy named Todd Butler. Josh had, I think, about six or eight months of experience being a general partner. And we brought Todd in because of his his balance sheet. You know, his balance sheet added to all of ours, got us over the the loan amount. So you know, we started started talking with with Todd. We actually brought Todd in long before we brought Josh in. But after you know doing weekly calls between me, Eric, Brian Mallon, and Todd, we decided that we had something special. We decided that we, I mean, we liked each other. We worked together well, and we decided to formalize it as as, as a company, Four Oaks Capital. And you know, you asked how how we came up with that name. Well, we 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 probably tossed around a hundred different names for what we name our company, and. I'd like one. They wouldn't like it. They'd like one, you know, or one of those guys would really like a name. And I, it was just one of those, we couldn't, we couldn't agree on names. And finally, Brian Mallon's the one that threw this one out. He's like, Hey, four Oaks capital. He's like, there's four of us. And the Oak tree is a bastion of stability and longevity. And it was the first company name that all of us liked. four Oaks capital. Yeah. We, we decided on it. Mallon took care of the logo, took care of, you know, the, the LLCs and, and everything else for us. So that's that was kind of the genesis of the company. We, we came together on one deal, really liked working with each other and ended up formalizing it. That's, that's, that's great. So one of the things that Napoleon Hill talks about is a lot of us, we are familiar with the law of attraction, right? But Napoleon Hill put a very specific word in there and it talks about law of <coughs> harmonious attraction to where your team needs to be able to work together. So obviously, earlier in, in your communication between the Four Oaks team, you were able to identify that you all have strengths. We're not focused on weaknesses, but we all, all of you have different specific strengths that contribute to the, to the harmonious attraction or the, the harmonious team. You might have touched on that. How do you identify what strengths you guys had? I mean, just, just working with each other and, and talking with each other. I've got two math degrees. I'm, I'm very analytical. As, as, a, as a Marine, you're, you're told from, from day one, your attention to detail is key. You've know, you got to have attention to all those little details. And that, that's something that I, I'm very good at is the attention to details. Eric is, is also very analytical, but he, he may be a little more social than I am. So he's, he's got no, no, no problem picking up phones, talking to brokers and, and schmoozing brokers. He's also a salesman. So he's had a lot of sales training. You know? So something that, that he does very well is interact with brokers. I can, I can, you know, um, I, it's not my favorite thing to do, but he enjoys it. So it's something like, okay, he's, he's good at it. 
He's got the time to do it. And he's got the predisposition to do it. So why not let him do the acquisition piece? He he talks to the brokers, gets the brokers to send him deals. And he's he's a magician at it because I, I hear I was I was at a Rod Cleep event two weeks ago and everybody was talking about, man, I just can't get deal flow. I just can't get deal flow. And I'm sitting back thinking, <laughs> we're getting more deals every week than we can possibly analyze. So we're, we're just kind of like picking and choosing. We're like, okay, we'll look at that one. We'll look at that one. And, you know, I don't like that area. And so, so that's, that's uh, kind of a testament to, to Eric's, his drive and, and, and his abilities. Todd, Todd Butler has a, a lot of, a lot of friends and associates that are accredited investors. So a little bit more money. So he spends most of his time dealing with friends and friends and friends and expanding his network to bring money in. I hustle for money with, with my friends and I'm, I'm bringing in you know, 20, 25, 30, 40,000 a shot, which is good. He's hustling with his friends and he's bringing in six figures from, from almost every, every one of them. So, you know, that's, nice. that's, that's <laughs> something he brings to the table. So he's, he's basically the, the point man on our money raising. And, and Brian Mellon is really good with graphics, really good with, he designed our logo. He does all of our, our packets, our deal packets. We post a lot of videos. He does the video editing, the audio editing, and it's just something he's naturally good at. So, you know, that's, that's kind of how we started doing it. You know, he also does all of our investor communications, runs our portal, does our bank accounts. He does, does a lot of other things that I personally don't like and don't want to take the time to do. And he does. So at the end of the day, we all have different strengths and we are very cognizant about making sure that we're optimized. Just yesterday, we were on the phone for 20 minutes and we're like, hey, this guy's been doing A, it's probably better suited for this guy. And, and we made changes to, to how we we were operating. So it's really just a conversation. It's, we're, we're still small, so we're very fluid in in what we can do. And if, if, if we get into doing something and realize that, you know, somebody else is, is better suited for that task, we'll, we'll shift responsibilities and, <laughs> and push. Yeah. So, you, you, you say small to still, uh, you, you guys are growing pretty quickly. So, well, I think the, the, the takeaway from, from this is if you want to partner with someone, then it's important to network and having a forum like Slack, where maybe if you're an introverted person or you don't do well at conferences, for me, it's really tough to walk up to a group of people talking and just try to interrupt them. It's like, hey, stop talking. Let me into the conversation. Hi, guys. If you have something like the Dealmaker Mastermind on Slack, where you could engage without the fear of that one-on-one and start to get to know someone then you can start having more conversations, phone calls, meet up with them at a conference. And then you have your conference buddy to walk around with that yeah. might help. I think it's important to partner up and to, and in order to do that, you, you have to put yourself out there. You have to network, you have to converse with people. You also have to find out if you're going to be someone that you like working with or just an mm-hmm. acquaintance, you know, that you run into a lot of people who always want to partner up or always want to do things. And so with you, but you might not necessarily share the same goals or strategies for your approach. So you're not going to know that unless you talk with them, right? Yeah. For me, it took it took a couple of months of at least one weekly call, but we were on the phone with each other very frequently trying to kill a, you know, get this deal across the finish line. We do have the same goals. You know, we all had a similar time frame that we wanted to be out of the rat race. We all wanted to be quit our our, our full-time jobs two to two and a half years from when we met. And that's, yeah, that, that is key. And you, something, something you said about the online forums, 
that's that's how I met you, Heath, is just through the the Wova app. That's right. And and here's <laughs> here's the great thing about online forums is when you finally meet somebody, you go to one of the bigger events, you look at them, and it's, it's like you know them already. So if you are a little introverted, if you are a little maybe shy, or, or you don't want to put yourself out there and meet people in, in events, try to start networking, you know, via text or something like that. Text right. them. It's a, a lot easier. And then when you see them, it's like, oh, hey, that's Heath. Oh, hey, that's Hutch. Anyway, they're, they're just little little tips to get around. At the end of the day, if, if, that's, if that's a challenge for you, get over it. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. Now, so you kind of alluded to some of it earlier as far as uh, building a team. So Four Hawks Capital is a very harmonious team though, that has a lot of synergy that works together. So, but outside of that in real estate syndication, you, you need to expand that team to get those professionals to do what professionals do. So how important were you for you to have though, that team outside of your team? I, I say property manager is probably the number one most important thing. We we interviewed, we talked to lots of property managers. We, we like the ones we have, but we're we're still we're still looking. We have four different properties, four different property managers. So that's that's kind of uh, something that, that adds to our 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 basically workload. So we are looking at eventually at you know trying to to get one property manager to do everything. But we we got a couple of regional or. or, or citywide property managers to begin with because they were the best fit for that particular property. The other thing is we've got a really good SEC attorney. He doesn't just do SEC. He does our contracts. He does everything else. As a matter of fact, I, I probably had a, I had a question for him yesterday. Picked up the phone, had a 20-minute conversation on how can I bring an investor in to this particular deal under the given circumstances. You know, that there's, there's some SEC guidelines that we have to meet and you, know, you just walk me through. He's like, well, A, B, C, and D are your options. Pick one. Okay. So, you know, the attorney's important. I, I think access to, to money, you know, a lender or a broker or something like that is also important. All, all these people are going to kind of round out the team and help you get to the, the closing line. If you don't have a good broker, you're going to be doing a lot of the, the work that the lender requires yourself. And it's, it's a ton of work. Our... Our attorney did a ton of work helping us to get close, working with the lender's legal team. You know, he'd take a lot of the phone calls. He'd, he'd basically produce a lot of the documents. I mean, of course, these people charge you for it. And, and in most cases, you can pay them at closing. So it's not it's not money up front. It's money right. when you close. But, but you're right. The, the, the old saying, time is money, it certainly is when it comes to uh, CPAs and attorneys. <laughs> oh, yes. You know, our, our CPA bills $200 an hour, you know, so yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. So whatever, whatever we get done prior to sending it to the CPA is, is, is nice. So we're also, we haven't done it yet. We're also talking about getting virtual assistants to, to do a lot of the menial labor because you, you can pay a virtual assistant in pick a country with a lower standard of living. You, you can pay them half the price of what you pay somebody here in, in the United States to do a lot of work. So we're looking at that to streamline some of our operations, but uh, as we scale, that, that's that's key. So how do you go about building your team boots on the ground in a, in a place? Say you're just now starting, you've never done it, or, or you've been doing it for a while, but now you want to go into a place you've never been. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Cliffhanger, I know, but join us next week when we finish this conversation. Thank you for listening to the Multifamily Real Estate Experiment Podcast. Theme music, Zigzag by Kevin McLeod. Licensed CC by creativecommons.org. 
If you like the value that we provided to you, please subscribe and like us on iTunes. Anything else we need to say? And leave us a five-star ratings. For your hosts, Hutch, the Marine Investor, and Dr. Heat Jones, signing off.